Welcome back to Generals and Napoleon, episode 15, Marshal Bessier, Duke of Istria. During the American Civil War, one of the primary commanders of the Great Northern Army was a general named George McClellan. He was the son of a prominent surgeon, and not wanting to go into the medical field, he instead went to attend the prestigious U.S. Military Academy at West Point. He graduated second in his class and possessed tremendous organizational skills. Strangely enough, he earned the nickname, quote, Little Napoleon, end quote, for his ability to build well-trained, disciplined armies and for his early small-scale victories in the Civil War. Upon his promotion to Commander-in-Chief of the Northern Army, McClellan stated, quote, I find myself in a new and strange position. Here, with the President, Cabinet, all deferring to me, by some strange operation of magic, I seem to have become the power of the land. I almost think that were I to win some small success, I could become dictator or anything else that might please me. But nothing of that kind would please me. Therefore, I won't be dictator." End quote. Clearly, McClellan knew the power of his independent command. However, he was criticized by President Abraham Lincoln for his inaction and his apparent unwillingness to fully commit to hurling this large army into battle with the Southern Army. He was eventually replaced by General U.S. Grant, who would finally lead the North to victory in 1865. The story of George McClellan bears some similarity to Marshal Bessier, who would build one of the greatest instruments of war of all time, Napoleon's elite troops known as the Imperial Guard. But like McClellan, he had delusions of grandeur and was hesitant to hurl these brilliant glittering columns into battle and this was to cost Napoleon's army on several occasions. It must have been a difficult thing to order your colleagues and friends into the meat grinder that was a Napoleonic battle. Some generals, like Massena, Davout, and Napoleon himself, had no compunction in ordering attack after attack, as long as the end result was victory. Others, like Bessier, Monsi, and Saint-Cyr, were more economical in the lives of their troops. Bessier was a touchy colleague who often came into conflict with the other marshals who considered him nothing more than a courtier who only received his marshal's baton due to his friendship with Napoleon. As Marshal Marmont sardonically stated, quote, if Bessier can become a marshal, then anyone can be one. Jean-Baptiste Bessier was born on August 6, 1768, to Mathurin and Antoinette Bessier. His father was a prominent surgeon, and the future marshal was the oldest of eight children. His younger brother, Bertrand, would also go on to serve Napoleon and eventually become a general of division. Jean-Baptiste and his siblings grew up in a bourgeoisie family and received a good education at a solid school. 
Originally intending to study surgery, Bessier switched gears and enlisted in the National Guard. Later in 1792, he and a certain soldier named Murat were among those chosen to become part of the Constitutional Guard. Bessier was always impeccably dressed and was a devout Catholic. He was also the last soldier in the army to continue to wear his hair long with white powder in the Ancien Regime style. His army unit was caught up in the wake of the anti-royal French Revolution and abolished. In August 1792, Bessier continued to protect the royal family during the defense of the Tuileries when armed revolutionaries stormed the palace and slaughtered the Swiss guard of King Louis XVI. Afterward, Bessier fled Paris and enlisted as a trooper in the 22nd Regiment of Chasseurs, a cavalry unit in the French Army of the Pyrenees. His performance and courtly manners enabled him to be promoted to lieutenant within three months. He served in the war against Spain and was promoted to captain in 1794. In July 1795, Spain sued for peace, and in August, Bessier's regiment was transferred to the Army of Italy. This was fortuitous for Bessier, who was about to enter the orbit of Napoleon Bonaparte. One of Napoleon's aide-de-camps was Bessier's old friend, Murat. Bessier quickly earned a reputation for bravery and for having an eagle eye. And so, in 1796, when Napoleon formed a bodyguard unit, he selected Bessier as commander. The guides, as the unit was called, eventually became the Counselor Guard when Napoleon was first council, and then the Imperial Guard after Napoleon declared himself emperor. Bessier distinguished himself at the Battle of Rovereto, where he and six other soldiers broke through the center of the Austrian infantry and captured two enemy cannons. Later, after the successful Battle of Rivoli, Napoleon dispatched him to Paris to escort the prized enemy standards captured during the Italian campaign. Napoleon promoted Bessier to colonel, and the two became almost inseparable friends which earned some jealousy from the other officers. After their famed Italian campaign, Bessier accompanied Napoleon in his conquest of Egypt. There were many hardships in the Egyptian campaign, including a lack of drinkable water, heat exhaustion, temporary blindness caused by marching through the bright desert, and a plague epidemic amongst the troops. A few of the disgruntled French generals considered a revolt against Napoleon's leadership, but this opposition was squelched by the efforts of Bessier and other loyal officers. On the secret return to France, Bessier was one of the chosen few to return with Napoleon. In 1799, Bessier supported Napoleon's power grab of the government and his rise to First Council of France. In return, Napoleon put Bessier in charge of the Guard Cavalry and named him to be tutor of his stepson, Eugene. 
But to his chagrin, his eternal nemesis, General Law, maintained overall command of the Counselor Guard. In 1800, at the pivotal Battle of Marengo, Bessier helped Napoleon snatch victory from almost certain defeat. During the battle, a late counterattack by the cavalry of Bessier and General Kellerman helped secure the win. After the battle, Long complained to Napoleon that Bessier's cavalry had not supported his infantry in a proper manner. This argument would come to a head between the two future marshals again many years later. Bessier cemented his status as lifelong enemy of Law in 1801 by reporting to Napoleon that Lan had overspent the guard's budget by 30,000 francs. This infuriated the frugal Napoleon, who was trying to get the finances of the French government back in order. Lan was semi-exiled by being given the position of ambassador to Portugal, and Bessier was named commander of the Counselor Guard. Also during this time, Bessier married Marie Jean. The 20-year-old Marie was the daughter of a royalist family, and the new couple welcomed a son, Napoleon Bessier, in 1802. Bessier was tall, good-looking, and looked the part of a commander of dashing cavalrymen. He also maintained high standards for his guard and severely punished any looting. Supremely happy with Bessier's fidelity and effort, Napoleon named him one of the original 18 marshals of the empire in 1804. Other, more deserving generals snickered at his marshal's appointment in that he never held a large independent command of troops. In his first battle as marshal, Bessier led a cavalry charge of the Imperial Guard that helped destroy the Russian Imperial Guard, thus securing the victory of Austerlitz. The following year, in 1806, Bessier and the Guard accompanied Napoleon in the war with Prussia. Although kept in reserve in the major battles, Bessier assisted in the pursuit of the defeated Prussian army. With the 1808 outbreak of war with Spain, Bessier was finally given his first truly independent command of 19,000 troops. The results were mixed. Like a first-time poker player, he was hesitant to go all-in with his battles against the Spanish. His corps was surrounded by a hostile countryside of guerrilla Spanish insurgents. He initially performed well, scoring a crushing victory in the Battle of Medina del Rio Seco against the Spanish Army of Galicia. Against the loss of only 400 troops, Bessier inflicted 3,300 casualties on the Spanish and captured 15 cannons. He did not follow up with a hearty pursuit, and the Spanish escaped to fight another day. One French general noted of Bessier's performance, quote, he could organize victory, but he could not profit by it, end quote. However, when Napoleon heard of the Marshal's victory at Medino del Rio Seco, he exclaimed, quote, Bessier has elevated my brother Joseph to the throne of Spain. If Marshal Bessier has been able to beat the army of Galicia with a few casualties and small effort, 
General DuPont will be able to overthrow everyone he meets, end quote. When General DuPont later surrendered his French army to the Spanish at Bailen, Napoleon was furious and had to intervene personally to restore the situation. In 1809, Napoleon dubbed Bessier the Duke of Istria and recalled him to take part in the campaign against Austria. At the pivotal battle of Aspern Essling, Napoleon's vanguard consisted of the corps of Marshal Massena, Marshal Lan, and Marshal Bessier as they moved out of Vienna in pursuit of the Austrian army. Together, they had 24,000 troops, of which 7,000 were cavalry commanded by Bessier. They established a bridgehead over the Danube River and started to bring supplies, ammo, and troops over to prepare for battle. But the crafty Austrian general, Archduke Charles, saw his chance to quickly assault this bridgehead with his 100,000 troops. The battle quickly became a bloodbath as Napoleon's troops stubbornly clung to their foothold on the north bank of the river. Napoleon tried to bring over Davout's corps for reinforcement, but the Austrians sent barges downstream that knocked out bridges across the river. There would be no reinforcement, and very little ammunition made it across to resupply Napoleon's troops. The infantry of Laon and Messina fought desperately against the Austrian onslaught. Laon resisted with only a single division and ordered cavalry support from Bessier, whom he thought was malingering in the rear while his infantry was getting slaughtered. After his initial request to charge home was ignored, Laon sent a more sternly worded order to Bessier and told his messenger to emphasize the words, order and home. Although Bessier was technically under Laon's command, they both had the same rank of marshal. Bessier, touchy as usual, took great offense from the messenger saying, quote, is that the way to address a marshal? Orders, charge home, end quote. Lan clearly insinuating that Bessier was either being cowardly or insubordinate. Both were cardinal sins in Napoleon's army. Bessier finally launched his charge, and it succeeded in throwing back the Austrians. Lan, feeling vindicated in his order, stated to his aides, quote, You see what effect it produced? If it wasn't for that order, Bessier would have fiddled about all day. End quote. After nightfall, the deadlocked battle slowed down and the two armies slept within pistol shot of each other. Bessier bumped into Lan in Messina's bivouac. The pride of Bessier was hurt and he demanded an explanation and apology. Instead, Lan launched with more verbal attacks, saying, quote, It was because you were parading around all day without approaching the enemy boldly. End quote. Infuriated, Bessier shouted, quote, that's an insult, and you shall give me satisfaction, end quote. Both men quickly began to draw their swords for a duel. The stern Massena wasn't having this, and instructed both men to sheath their swords. With his cold eye, Massena reprimanded both of them, quote, you are in my camp, 
and I shall certainly not give my troops the scandalous spectacle of two marshals drawing on each other in the presence of the enemy. End quote. The next day saw the Austrians clinch a victory as Napoleon's troops retreated into Vienna. Sadly, toward the end of the battle, Marshal Law suffered a mortal cannonball wound and died a short while later. Napoleon's army regrouped, refitted, and reinforced for the Battle of Wagram a few weeks later. In this battle, Bessier suffered a wound that made the tough veterans of the Imperial Guard cry as they thought their leader was finished. An enemy cannon shot tore through his leg in a zigzag fashion, as if it were a thunderbolt from his hip to his knee. Napoleon saw someone get hit and knocked off his horse. The emperor asked his staff who got hit. When he was informed it was his friend Bessier, he remarked, quote, no time for tears, end quote. The rumor spread that he was killed, and many of his subordinates became visibly upset. But the sturdy Bessier recovered from the wound and resumed his command. When the guards saw him rise to his feet again, they cheered their captain's return. Wagram was a victory for the French, and the Austrians sued for peace. Upon his return to France to convalesce, he had a brief falling out with Napoleon. The emperor was divorcing his wife, Josephine, who was a close friend of Bessier and his wife. The devoutly Catholic Bessier opposed this decision, but maintained his loyalty to his emperor and even hosted him for a visit at his country estates. In 1811, the marshal was dispatched to Spain with his young guard regiments for a baptism by fire. His success was severely hampered by the lack of concentration of French forces. His troops and the other soldiers of the marshals were too strung out all over Spain to make any difference. As the saying goes, the only territory the French truly controlled was under the shadow of their bayonets. At the Battle of Fuentes de Honoro, Marshal Massena's corps locked horns with the 35,000 troops of the Duke of Wellington. As the battle seesawed back and forth, Massena requested backup from Bessier and his young guard divisions. Time was of the essence, and Massena sent one of his aide-de-camps, Charles Oudinot, the son of Marshal Oudinot, with orders to bring forward the guard cavalry. Oudinot quickly set off while Massena impatiently checked his watch. Much to the marshal's astonishment, Oudinot was seen returning without any cavalry following him. Massena furiously shouted from afar, quote, where is the cavalry of the guard? End quote. Oudinot explained that he was not able to retrieve it. He had encountered the guard cavalry second in command, General Lepic, who vehemently refused to commit his men, saying that Marshal Bessier had categorically forbidden him to let his units go into battle without his direct order. For unknown reasons, Bessier was away from the battlefield, needlessly inspecting a series of ditches the French had passed a few days before. Unable to find the commander of the guard in time, Massena was forced to admit that the opportunity was lost. 
Bessier finally appeared with 1,500 cavalry troopers and six cannons, but it was too late. Massena later said of the lost battle, quote, To win, I needed more troops and less Bessier. End quote. Following the battle, the Duke of Wellington also blamed Bessier's lack of support for the French loss, saying, quote, If Bonnie had been there, we would have been damnably licked. End quote. Bessier was later recalled to France to prepare for the 1812 invasion of Russia. He was again in charge of the Imperial Guard, but Napoleon held the Guard in reserve, so Bessier did not see much action at the beginning of the campaign. At the Pyrrhic Battle of Borodino, the army of Napoleon battled the staunch defenses of the Russian army. After several bloody hours, the French army had finally begun to push the Russians back. Marshals Ney, Murat, Davout, and Prince Eugene repeatedly asked for the Imperial Guard to join the battle to deliver the knockout blow. Everyone at the front lines, from the French marshals to the lowest private, could see the Russians were reeling, but Napoleon was a mile away from the battlefield and feeling unwell. Bessier was to earn the ire of the entire army when he counseled Napoleon, quote, Sire, we are 800 miles from Paris, end quote. With that, Napoleon's decision was made, and he kept his guard in reserve and out of harm's way. Was this the correct decision? It has been debated for the past 200 years. Two arguments have been rendered. If Napoleon had committed the guard and utterly destroyed the Russian army, then he may have forced Russian Tsar Alexander into a peace treaty. But the guard certainly would have suffered casualties at Borodino. On the other hand, Napoleon's saving of this guard reserve ensured his protection during the horrific retreat from Moscow. After Borodino, the French army entered Moscow. During the month-long occupation, Bessier had one of his more tender moments. Due to the large fire that occurred after the French entered the city, there was a significant number of unhoused Russian civilians. One such lot was trembling as it sought refuge in the palace that housed Bessier and his staff. Upon their entrance, Bessier and his subordinates were about to sit down for their prepared dinners. At the sight of the misery of the Russians, the marshal said, quote, gentlemen, let us seek a dinner elsewhere, end quote, and allowed the famished Russians to be seated and enjoy the dinners laid out for the French officers. On the retreat back to France, Bessier accompanied Napoleon and made several gallant cavalry charges to protect the emperor from assaults by Cossacks. He eventually returned to France at the end of 1812. In 1813, the Allies formed a sixth coalition to defeat France once and for all. Marshal Bessier was called to the front lines to serve Napoleon yet again. On the eve of the Battle of Lutzen in May of 1813, he joined Marshal Marmont for breakfast while they were camped in Germany. According to Marmont, Bessier was reluctant to eat 
for he had a premonition that he would die that day. Perhaps the devastation of the Russian campaign and retreat had affected him. Or perhaps he had seen too many friends and colleagues die in Napoleon's endless campaigns. After much prodding from Marmont, he finally relented, saying, quote, In fact, if a cannonball must take me this morning, I do not want it to take me on an empty stomach. End quote. According to Marmont, when Bessier mounted his horse later that day, the marshal looked so pale that Marmont remarked that he was sure that if there was to be a battle, Bessier would die. Later that day, while riding out to scout the enemy's position, Bessier was struck in the chest by a cannonball that ricocheted off a wall. He died instantly. The other marshals, while no fan of Bessier, mourned him and considered his death an honorable one as it occurred on the battlefield. The king of Saxony dedicated a monument to the spot where Bessier was killed, which is still there to this day. And oddly enough, masses were held in Spain to honor Bessier's memory, a unique honor for a foreign ruler who had some brutal repressions during his time in that country. Napoleon was greatly saddened at the loss of his friend who had served him in every campaign since 1796. Napoleon wrote the marshal's wife, quote, My cousin, your husband, is dead on the field of honor. The loss that your children have sustained is doubtless great, but mine is yet more so. The Duke of Istria died the most beautiful of deaths without suffering. He leaves a reputation without a spot. It is the finest heritage he could have bequeathed to his children. My protection is assured to them. They will inherit also the infection that I bore their father. End quote. Marshall's body was embalmed and sent back to France for burial. After his death, it was discovered that Bessier had been carrying on an affair with a mistress, who he lavished with vast sums of money. Because of this, he left his wife and family in significant debt. True to his word, Napoleon took care of the marshal's debts and provided for Marie Bessier and her children. Marie would outlive her husband by 27 years, passing just before her 60th birthday. Napoleon left Bessier's son 100,000 francs in his will. The son would go on to become a peer under King Louis XVIII and supported the government of King Louis-Philippe. Bessier's legacy is a complicated one. His battle record was a very respectable six wins and one loss. But his actions, or more accurately inactions, at Fuentes de Anoro and Borodino cost the French army two decisive victories. On the other hand, his greatest talent was administration. He excelled in organizing, equipping, and supervising the instruction of the picked men of the Imperial Guard. In return, those men adored him and would follow him anywhere. As Napoleon stated after his downfall, quote, If Bessier had been with me at Waterloo, my guard would have brought me victory. End quote. I think we'll end at this point. Join us next time when we learn about Napoleon's oldest friend, 
who would ultimately betray him and the Empire. Marshal Marmont. Thanks for listening.